Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 18 now. One full regular season's worth of Strictly NFL episodes. No Jeff this week, but I am joined by national champion Schwinnie Pooh on my on my right and my left. I can't tell. Um, he good. is here. He is a national champion now. Um, Schwinn, how do you feel? I did about it. I did national? it. You did it. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, it took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot yeah. of uh, beer, weed, and booze uh but i got through it you know 20 years mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck it's been and uh, i got to see them actually win a championship no it was awesome um <laughs> they were the best team in the country this year um they're gonna have a bunch of guys go to the nfl they had to do it this year because they're not gonna have a better chance obviously with the college football playoff expanding and uh god knows what else is going on with the team and uh they're gonna lose a lot of guys so um yeah pretty happy pretty happy <laughs> Yeah, All things are looking good right now for uh for you know for my Michigan Wolverines, uh my New York Knickerbockers, and uh and my Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're gonna get into that. Um also you are uh gonna have to deal with Georgia in the playoffs if uh you know with, with it expanding. So they're never gonna be out again, probably, unless they just fall apart, which won't happen because they're Georgia. Um so Kurt, don't worry if you're listening to this. You'll, you'll be back there soon. Um, before we hop into a bunch of things, I just want to remind everybody that the Strickland does have a Patreon. If you were listening to the preview of this podcast, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, YouTube, whatever, you can find the full episode of this and all of our previous and future podcasts in the $9 tier, the spinning and winning tier. Um, in addition, we have $3 tier, $6 tier. And then past that 15, 30, 50, 100, get you access to numerous things, get access to things like Schwinn solo pod, takes from obvious bozos with Zach um, and many other things like our discord as well, which is fun. I talk football in there mostly. And then um, near the end of this video, we're going to talk about a bunch of different plays and stuff for this NFL wildcard weekend. So I just wanted to remind everybody that the holiday season is off to a rolling start. And like I said, the NFL is in full stride along with the NBA and the NHL. So, because of that, Bet Online is uh, Bet Online is going to be your number one destination for all sports wagering and info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. But not just the big four. Bet Online has info for de- uh, desktop and mobile access at any time for any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer, which we are United fans over here. Don't really want to talk about that too much further than that. Um, so you can head over to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code Believe, capital B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus match on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So uh, I think with the season ending, I think it's right to start off with kind of a wrap-up for the Jets and the Giants. And uh, I'll just kind of go on a little bit of a soliloquy here for the Giants. I mean, season from hell, really. Kind of kind of just a Big bunch win. of... 
Big win to close the season, though. Yeah, Huge. yeah big win week 18, yeah. We got the monkey <laughs> off our back with the Eagles. Big win for the Jets, too, in week 18, but I, I think... You, you know, it's always fun, though. You can know, like, I love when teams win in week 18. And they're like, oh, this this momentum is going to be huge for us into next oh, season. Yeah. Eight, <laughs> eight months from now, it's going to really matter. Yeah. Um. So, obviously, like Schwinn said, Giants won week 18. I don't think there's much to even tap into there just besides another game where the Giants scored over 25 points without Daniel Jones, at quarterback. Fucking whatever. Um. But... Giants come away from the season. I think while you, you don't feel great about the Daniel Jones contract, I think there's a lot of other stuff that you do feel really good about. Um, obviously, Andrew Thomas and Dex have been Andrew Thomas and Dex again. You had, I think, a decent amount of development from pretty much everybody on the defense from Micah. Um, I thought Deontay Banks, even though he didn't necessarily flash as much down the stretch, I think you have a pretty solid foundation there with him as at least the CB2 going forward. McKinney, another step up. He'll get paid this offseason, whether it's us or somewhere else. And um, Okereke, great acquisition. Pinnock, you saw him step up into the starting safety spot, play really well. And, yeah, you know, guys, uh, some guys who underperformed, like Neil, potentially a Kayvon, you saw some heads roll because of their performance in the O-line coach Bobby Johnson and the outside linebackers coach Drew Wilkins and his brother, who, good fucking riddance, I'm sorry. Um, I don't care about them. They somehow managed to help Kayvon and Aziz get worse and for Jihad Ward to be the statistically worst pass rusher in the NFL so they can get out. Um, and Wink wasn't too happy with them leaving, uh, which is a whole nother topic. But to sum it up, um, Wink leaked to Jay Glazer around the time the report came out that he wanted or he wanted to be fired or at least was going you know, to be some resolution over there postseason. And... The Giants have been trying to smooth things over. Dable tried to make it a point, you know, to have open conversation. Wink kind of act like a petulant child. He did a bunch of other stuff now that the season's been over and he is gone. They mutually agreed to part ways. The Giants kept his salary for next season so they don't have to pay him out, but he can go wherever he wants. Um, so just a quick and dirty wrap up for the Giants. Um, yeah, and then for the Jets. I'll pass this over to you, and, I'll, and we'll kind of bounce back and forth just because I talked, you know, for a little, like, five minutes straight. I mean, does anybody, like, does 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 firing Wink actually matter? Like, I feel like it's, like, I, I think he served his purpose, and now, like, his purpose is over, and he is no That's longer required too. in New York. Um, he's a guy who's worn out his welcome in multiple places, like, he, they moved on from him in Baltimore after I think they, I mean, I, I forgot what they were going to rank that year, but like they got to the, um, well, I mean, it was what, two years ago that he was fired, right? Years, or not yeah. fired, mutually agreed to part ways. Uh, he, he's just a tough guy to work with. And like, from what it read, like it read, like Dable was okay. Keeping him around as long as he was okay with making some changes to his staff. And I know there'll be people that are like, Oh, he's like Dable shouldn't meddle in the defense, but like, Dable has to make calls about what he thinks any head coach has to make calls about what they think a team requires. And um, they need to put checks and balances in place on their coordinators at times too. So, you know, if he came to the determination and like, look, I can't speak to this. I think he fired what the outside linebackers coach. Is that who he fired? Yes. Like I have no idea if the giants outside linebackers sucked or not, or how they were being deployed or whatever. Um, but if he thought that was problematic and if that bore out in the film or if that bore out in the data, then he's more than, 
justified in making that that option. And if if Wink has such an issue with that that he fucking loses his mind and starts flipping out and cursing out Dable, then he's just an immature baby. And um, I mean, look, I, I have, again, I don't know what exactly happened to Baltimore, but all I know is Baltimore then hired Mike McDonald and they have what the best defense in the league this year by a lot of metrics. Um, yeah, so, so like, and I think, look, you, you saw giants fans. It's easy to fall in love with guys like wink when they first come in. Like I love Rex when he first came to Buffalo. I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. He's so aggressive. I love that. We're like taking it to other teams. Uh, and then you play a team that is prepared for your blitz blitzes that, that has a quarterback that can make quick decisions and all of a sudden you're look up at the scoreboard and you're down 35, nothing or something like that. And it's, it's like that they're scoring at will. And, um, you know, I think I, I, I can't speak necessarily to wink, but I always suspect guys from that tree, uh, love their scheme more than they love optimizing the talent at their disposal. And, uh, it, I, look, you, you invested what the fifth overall pick in Kayvon Thibodeau, you've got yeah. another guy that was drafted in the second round of the year before Aziz Ojolari, who, when he's been healthy as flash, uh, you you have a guy like Dexter Lawrence who's was voted what the the best nose tackle in the league by NFL players. Um, yeah. Like there's talent on this defense, and I think they finished like 18th in DVOA this year. So, I mean, look, I I think some of that is you know you, the offense didn't necessarily help them out much, but but like I think it's fair to believe to some degree that the defense wasn't getting as much out of it as some of the parts might indicate. And, um, you know, I also think you can get sick of like, you know, when, when his defense works, it works. Like it, it really like dominate. Yeah. It can dominate stretches and entire games at times, but when it doesn't, it's a disaster. And that variance is really, really difficult to be a good team with in the long run. And, um, you know, the best defenses are more consistent and like, again, regardless of the talent he's had at his disposal, I believe throughout his history as a defensive coordinator, his defenses have mostly been like, okay. Like they're, they've generally not been elite defenses in the league. So you're not exactly moving on from like, like he's not even like a Spagnola level defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't be shedding too many tears about this as a giants fan. And honestly, I think some of the stuff about like table, like what does it say about table? Like, I don't know, man. It's like NFL coaches are fucking crazy. They're all in the building like nine, 90 hours a week. They super competitive, like alpha male types. They're going to get on each other's nerves at times. That's all part of the business. Um, I don't think it says that much about him. Like if every coach that has ever existed has had, has clashed with a coordinator or a head coach or whatever at times, it's just part of the business. And that's just what it is. Yeah, and for people who might be concerned about Dex potentially taking a step back because of the scheme change that might may or may not be coming, I don't know. It depends who they hire, obviously. Um, the biggest thing for me is they've figured out how to play a bunch of these guys, and it's on the next coordinator to come in and marry his style with you know, the strength of the players who are here, which is exactly what Wink wasn't doing for some guys. Um, I got progressively more frustrated with Wink's tenure here because – I thought there was a couple of games where he left a lot of meat on the table. Um, I thought there was a, a few games where you would think he would have been conservative with his defense, like potentially the Cowboys game where they dropped 49 points on us in Jerry world, um, where he came out too aggressive. The Saints game, I thought he would be more aggressive, but came out passive. 
and Derek Carr had his best game of the year to date on that day. So um, I don't by any means want to just kind of shit on Wink and say, oh, he's not going to be missed at all. He did legitimately good stuff here. You know, you saw you oversaw the development this year of Michael McFadden. No Karake came in, took a huge leap. Um, obviously, what he did with Dex was fantastic. But all things, you know, they it's time for a level up. And the key for this next guy who comes in is can you maintain Dex's production while helping Aziz, Kayvon, et cetera, whoever the next guy, whoever the guys we draft may be to come in and, and kind of elevate us right from being a top 10 unit to being three, four, five range around there. So um, everything, I don't want to touch on the drama too much because it's kind, kind of just been recapped a lot of places, but um, I think this does tell us a lot about Wink and just how hard he is to work with now that real, two really great coaches in Dayball and uh, John Harbaugh have had issues with him. Getting into the Jets, I mean, obviously the big thing to touch on is that Salah is back. Um, Joe Douglas will be back per, per Woody Johnson. And if they weren't going to be back, they would have been fired already, right? So... Um, you're going to go into next season with Aaron Rodgers back with all those guys leading the team. No offensive staff has been fired, um, to my knowledge, as of today, which is Thursday the 11th. Um, for the team that is ranked 32nd in total offense and bottom of the pack in so many other metrics, I find that hard to believe that it will keep that way. But it seems like it will. And um, if I was a Jets fan, I would. I would be livid, man. Like that is, that is inexcusable. Honestly, I think that's pretty bullshit that, you know, there's not even a position coach change. I don't know if that has to do with Rogers or something, but that seems pretty inexcusable and all eyes got to be on the draft, right? Because Will McDonald first round pick didn't make an impact really. Um, that could cost them Bryce Huff eventually this off season because, you know, money is not eternal. They are not the new Orleans saints who just push calf every year five years down the line and um what'd you say can we just be serious about the jet like joe douglas sucks like fly like i don't really think there's much else to say like this is his what his fifth year his right? fifth year yeah is the nfl and i'm sorry like in what sport forget like the fact that this is the nfl where a team like the texans can turn it around within two years of a new gm coming in a team like the lions who has had fucking decades of mismanagement and failures and whatever can turn things around within what three years of of dan campbell getting there i mean i would say they had already turned around last year but if you're talking about making the playoffs and all that stuff yeah get it done within three years like this is a team this is a sport where like the bills when they hired sean mcdermott they broke their playoff drought the first year he was in charge in a, in a season where they clearly were selling off pieces to eat dead cap and stack up as much draft capital as they could for the for the future to trade up for a quarterback. Like this is a sport where you're a lot like the Giants did not plan to be good last year. Hundred percent, they did not plan to be good. And guess what? Nope. They made a playoff berth because their coach was good and they they executed in in single score games. Like if you cannot make the playoffs within five years, you suck at your job. Okay? Like there's enough time and there's enough fortune and there's enough everything that you should be able to have at least some semblance of on-field success. And, and, and the, and the final thing too is like, yeah, their defense is way better than it was when he took over. I, I don't even think that's a question. Like the line is really good and 
whatever. Like, obviously, you have Sauce Gardner. Like, they have talent at all three levels. I still think the linebacking stuff is a little weird with them. Like, I know Quincy Williams had a good year and whatever, but I I don't know. I, I'm still a little bit apprehensive about what how good the linebacking core is long-term. But the line, the secondary, all that stuff is in really good shape, even if, you know, there's some stuff that you can tweak or whatever. The offense is worse than it was when he took over by like basically every metric and they are on their third offensive coordinator since he came in they are on their second head coach they are on their third quarterback like they are he he spent and i i get it i know people will be like well look like all the quarterbacks in that draft after trevor lawrence suck okay but like he's the one that chose to draft zach wilson it like it like yeah you can tell me well he had he didn't have, i i will always reject this idea of like well he had to draft a quarterback why if if he's this master talent evaluator which is allegedly his thing and he determined zach wilson sucks and all these quarterbacks are not good enough like he clearly thought zach wilson was better than justin fields he clearly thought zach wilson was better than you know trey, what, lance. trey, trey yeah. lance who is on his second team also now uh in dallas but like he thought that so if either he thought he was good enough or he reached for a quarterback because he needed a quarterback, which is stupid because you shouldn't do that. And a perfect example of a team that didn't do that, that has benefited from that decision is Detroit. And like, yeah, you can tell me they still need a quarterback. Sure. But I would rather be the fucking Lions right now than the Jets because I'd rather have my roster in place. I'd rather have talent on both sides of the ball. I'd rather be in the fucking playoffs. I'd rather have a coach that, at least like say whatever you want about Dan Campbell, but he's consistent. He is consistently pedal to the metal and he's making aggressive decisions. I don't know what Salah is as a head coach. All I know, all I see him do is lose his fucking shit all the time with refs. And to the point where he's, it, it seems to make him make detrimental uh, decisions on the field as a head coach. Like he loses his, his mind and he just gets distracted. And I think that bleeds into the players. You see this team constantly pick up stupid penalties that they shouldn't. Um, so many necessary roughness penalties. Yeah, and and I just I I look at the end of the day, like I actually have a lot of sympathy for Bob Bob Sala because I think that he's been left to he has no agency on the offensive side of the ball. That's very obvious. The moment they tr- like they did the Rogers thing, it's been obvious that everything is about Rogers and giving Rogers everything he wants. So that's why you have Nate Hackett as your offensive coordinator. That's why you go spend money on fucking Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and all these guys that did absolutely nothing for you. And that's on Joe Douglas. I'm sorry. That's on Joe Douglas because Joe Douglas could have made the decision to not trade for Aaron Rodgers. And if you want to say you got to trade for Aaron Rodgers because it's Aaron fucking Rodgers. Okay. But then you've got to own everything that comes with it. And for this team to have this season, and they've now wasted, absolutely wasted, two years of this elite defense to do nothing. They've gone seven and ten in two years. That's pathetic. And he should be fired for that. He should be fired for that. Like he's had long enough. He's a failure. There's no other GM in New York fucking sports that would get the type of leeway he has, the lack of criticism he has. I mean, the fact that you don't have the fucking tabloids demanding his head on a platter every single day is ridiculous compared to like the shit that somebody like Leon Rose catches because he doesn't talk to the <laughs> fucking media or, or, or know, Shane, he's not one big deal and fucks it up. And you know, he's on the yeah. clock now. Like, or, or even like you want to compare like Brian Cashman has actually like built 
championship teams. And he yeah. deservedly catches shit. Like, he deservedly catches shit. But my point is, wh- like, where is this energy for Joe Douglas? I don't get it. And there's still, like, a shit ton of, like, like legions of, of Jets fans that still worship this guy. Like, he's doing some amazing job. It's a joke. I'm sorry. Like, I, I think the Joe Douglas stuff is an absolute it- – it's been ridiculous to me for a while. But this season, if you're still on this, like, you know, oh, my God, we're, like, where would we be without Joe Douglas? I don't know. Maybe you make the fucking playoffs one year. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, my my biggest thing is I don't know who the blame falls on, right? Like the Nate Hackett signing and all those guys who come on down. I don't know if it is dictated to them by Woody Johnson. I don't know if it is dictated to Salah by Joe Douglas. I don't know if it is Salah himself. But there is no excuse for for just the pandering that was done for Rodgers this offseason. I'm sorry. If that was the cost of bringing in Aaron Rodgers on top of giving up what you gave in the trade – that is not a deal that I would have made. Um, and getting into what we said about Salah being a little crazy on the sideline. I mean, I, Dable's my coach and he fucking screams at everything left and right. So it's kind of whatever. But you have to be able, when you have to reel yourself in, you have to be able to reel yourself in, right? Salah had that fucking guy on the sideline who's supposed to hold him back. Like when he gets super aggressive and like hype on the sideline, I thought that was kind of corny, honestly. And the Jets this season led the league and accepted unnecessary roughness penalties for a count of nine and 130 total yards lost. I mean, that's that matters, right? Like nobody else had more than I believe seven, and they were tied for the league for the lead in total unnecessary roughness calls. Buffalo was tied with them at ten, which was uh, shocking to see. I didn't know that. Um, so I think a lot of the stuff here, like I don't know if Rogers fixes a lot of this stuff. Um, the guys, Bree, Sauce, Garrett Wilson, you know, Jermaine uh, was really good this year. I was really impressed by Jermaine. And, you know, Mike Carter, uh, DJ Reed, a lot of these guys, they're legitimately great players. And I think that is part of the reason why I'm not too hard on Joe Douglas, at least as hard as Schwinn is on him. But this is not the type of team where I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm confident in them going forward because they have – X amount of good players to me, I look at this and it's, and it's just stained by, okay, Rogers is going to be 40 off of an Achilles. What are we doing to capitalize on this? And I don't know. I mean, they don't have a second round pick. They're going to have a first round pick. I think they should be trading back because I'm a big fan of the tackle depth in this class, but at the same time, you don't know what Rogers is going to ask for. And if he asks for something, are they going to bend the knee again after what just happened this season? Yes. If the most likely scenario to me, because they need more outside talent. The most, I am almost positive this is going to happen. They're going to end up overpaying to get Devontae Adams, even though he's what, 31? He's a 31 year old wide receiver who's really good still. Obviously, he's awesome. Um, but like, it, it's not about optimizing your resources. It's not about making the most intelligent choices for the franchise anymore. It's about we sold our soul to get Aaron Rodgers. So we got to do everything we can now that he yeah. wants. And, um, you know, like, Look, I don't think Elijah Moore is some amazing receiver, but like it'd be sure shit nice to have Elijah Moore as my number two receiver next to Garrett Wilson than whatever the fuck they put out there this year. Um, like the, the lack of everything, like they have Brees Hall, they have Garrett Wilson, and the rest of this offense is a joke. Like, okay, yeah, what, who's the that they have one tight end who's like kind of good, right? Is it Rucker? Rucker. Is that who it is? Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. pretty good. Like when I see him, he catches the ball. When he catches the ball and he has taught, like he can and he can face up and start running, he's a fucking load to bring down. But like it's not exactly Travis Kelsey, right? So, 
Um, like this offense is a joke and that's what he was brought in to fix. Like people got to remember when he came in, he made a big fucking deal, right? Oh, I told Sam Darnold's parents that I'm going to protect him. Who did he protect? That offensive line still sucks. Yeah. And he's invested a shit ton of capital into it. So like, I, and yeah, yep. you can keep saying, Oh, injuries, bad luck. When they ha- injuries are part of the sport. Like look at, forget that. Like look at the fucking Browns. They, how, how, how deep are they right now into their offensive line? Like, they, and, like and their have, quarterback and, and their running backs. Right. And and they're often and they're finding ways to win games. They're getting a shit ton out of their offense, all things considered. Joe Flacco has been playing out of his mind. A guy who the Jets, by the way, had in the building and decided we don't need him anymore. Um yep. like and it's like, okay, fine. You don't think your talent's the issue? Okay, so then your coaching must be problematic then, right? So 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 surely you're gonna make some changes to your offensive line coaching staff. None. Absolutely none. So um, as far as I'm concerned, Joe Douglas should be fired. And until there's any material change in their out, their their kind of fortunes on the field, that's where I'm at. Like, and, and I, like, there should be no excuses for next season. If that if they are not in the playoffs at bare minimum, he should be fired. Uh, I personally think if they're not a contender, he should be fired because he's had more than enough time and he's had more than enough opportunity to commit resources both in the draft and free agency. Uh, and in trade to build this thing out. And so far, he's completely failed at that. Yeah, and I mean, honest to God, if I was Woody Johnson, I would, if I forced this Aaron Rodgers move on Douglas and Co., I would be saying to myself, okay, I fucked that up. And everybody's gotten worse. Everything has gotten worse. I, I would honestly say if Joe Douglas is really your guy, I would say, Joe, that shit is on me. You take over from here. If you don't, if you want Aaron Rodgers out, you can you can do whatever you want. You could trade him. You could whatever. You we could not bet. We could not play him. Up to you. If you want to change OC and Rodgers gets pissy about it, we we go in your direction because the Jets are not out of trade up range. It sucks that they would have to trade up for a quarterback if they if they wanted one, but potentially unless it's like JJ or Penix or something. Um. But, I mean, then you get into a whole bunch of things. If Do you want Douglas to run this draft and all that stuff, which would be a whole other topic? It's just they are cornered. They are cornered. And like you said, Joe Douglas said that he was going to protect Sam Darnold. He was brought in as an O-line guru. Elijah Vera Tucker has been an absolute home run of a pick, but he's been hurt. When he plays, unfortunately, or sorry, when he plays, he is one of the best. Unfortunately, he gets hurt. Becton has been hurt and regressed hugely this season. Lakin Tomlinson was brought in, regressed hugely. Joe Tittman was brought in, decent rookie season. Um, Connor McGovern, one one of the worst centers in the league this year, per numerous metrics, pressure, everything, and PFF. So, you know, picks, contracts, um, guys who he's retained, why do they have the worst line in football? They were worse than the Giants this year. And on, a, on a, you know, sacks and all that stuff, they were worse than the Giants. Giants had more, more pressures, but... It's not, you know, somebody had to answer for this, and the fact that nobody has done so is what makes me more uneasy following the season than I was during the season. To me, it, it screams lack of accountability, it screams irresponsibility, and it screams to me that everybody in that room thinks everybody, including themselves, knows what they're doing and they're perfect when they very obviously are not. And if you're a franchise who can't self-reflect in 2023 going into 2024 season, just 
you're behind in the times, honestly. Like, there, there's legitimately great teams every year who look at themselves fairly and say, okay, this guy did not work out here. How many – Schwinn, Leslie Frazier, perfect example. Bills, playoffs every year, division title four years in a row. The defense wasn't bad. But eventually something has to change. And yeah. Yeah. this, I mean, you know, take it away. The, the, you got it. The, the Jets just have had no – there's no standard that they're setting to judge anybody by. Like the Bills clearly got to a point where if your defense is awesome in the regular season, but you get to the playoffs and then it folds against the best teams and it can't live up to the metrics that it puts up, that's a problem. Um, and I think one of the main reasons is like, like I think this is this is the way, best way I can put it. Leslie Frazier is like it's a really good regular season defense because every week they consistently did every, like the same shit. Everything was consistent. Everything was consistent. So it's just a plug and play thing. There was very little, you know, game. There was very little opponent specific adjustments being made um, relative to like NFL, like a guy like Lou Anarumo, right. Who his defensive metrics, like the Bengals defensive metrics are never that elite, but you know, he's an elite defensive coordinator because you've seen it in the playoffs because He's able, and Spags is like this too, um, where these guys are able to make opponent-specific adjustments, which is what you need in the playoffs when you're playing against, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, these level of players. And um, that's been the difference, I think, between what we've seen this year from Sean McDermott, who's had to deal with, I mean, an injury list that is bordering on catastrophic at times. Uh, so for for this defense to finish where they did, um, yes, getting Rasul Douglas helped, but I mean, look, that Miami game, maybe we can start talking about actual football, but like, uh, that Miami game from Sunday, the fact that he lost Rasul Douglas in the first half, the fact that he lost Tyrell Dotson, um, in the first half and, um, you know, he's down to now Benford. Benford has been a great, by the way, second year player, uh, yep. and, and Dane Jackson as, a, as, you know, outside against that wide receiving core and everything, um, and injuries they've had to deal with on the defensive line throughout the year, linebacking court. I mean, they've had massive injuries at every single level of the defense. And to put up that second half where they held the Dolphins without a point, um, they actually forced them into four straight punts. And that's the first time that's happened to the Dolphins this entire season. Uh, like, that's the difference between him and Leslie Frazier, where I think he's able to make decisive changes and adjustments in games and for specific opponents um, that Frazier didn't. And, um, like that, I mean, look, the, the two games against Miami this year are like, they are the reasons they're the reason that I think the bills will and should keep Sean McDermott, uh, regardless of what happens the rest of the way this season, because he's overcome a lot this season and he's demonstrated an ability to dominate the, the team chasing you in the division, uh, for all intents and purposes. And, um, He's look, he's his track record speaks for itself. You know, are, are there shortcomings? Sure. But um, let's see where things end up this year, because for the bills to be sitting as a two seed now after where they were fucking five weeks ago is a wild turn of events and definitely speaks to um, one, a coach that for sure still has the locker room behind him and two uh, is doing a good job of, you know, I think he had an adjustment period going from being the head coach with a defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator to Yes, I'm still the head coach, but now I'm actively calling the plays on defense. I think that was an adjustment for him throughout this season, and 
he's kind of he talked about it. He had to during the bye week. He really like went back. He watched all his tape going back to like when he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina. So like he had to self like to your point about self reflection as an organization that speaks to that type of mindset from and that comes from your head coach right to have the humility to go back and judge yourself and look back at yourself. Um, that says a lot. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.